0: Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love,
1: sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves.
0: So in our last episode, we talked about the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Or stop stopping yourself from being happy or whatever that crazy, silly title was. And today we are talking about walking away from misery. And it's funny to me that i think logically the episodes would have been inverted no first you talk about moving away from misery and then pursuing happiness mm. but as we know guidance tends to do shit upside down why because you have to understand where you're going before you understand what you're leaving that's their explanation but neither one is necessarily past present or future it's more just in your present state mm, yeah. okay so misery, and why we're talking about misery today, is misery is, is the byproduct of our karmic themes that tell us that we are not good enough. Yeah, right? because
1: you're miserable that you're not good enough.
0: Right. And that and that idea, I am not good enough, will confront you pretty much in everything you try to do or in most things do, especially the thing that matters most to you, right? Mm-hmm.
1: When we're in our karma, when we're living this like 3D shitty life, effectively Everything that we're doing is just trying to mitigate that fact. So Mm. whether it is, I'm going to buy the nice car, I'm going to marry the right person, I'm going to be in the right job, I'm going to follow the rules that other people look like they're happy so I don't have to worry about being unhappy or I've tried this for a bit and this made me happy so that's what I'm going to do over and over again, let's say. (laughs) Um, All we're effectively doing is we're looking for relief from the fear that we're not meant to be happy, we're not meant to be... In bliss, we're not meant to be happy to be alive, right? right? We're meant to, like, as you said in previous episodes this season, 3D was about survival. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so yeah. that is actually a very miserable fucking existence. And no one really names it as that because if we were to turn around and go, guys, everything we're doing, our whole lives, it's all pretty fucking miserable. And all we can do is use our coping mechanisms to make it better whether it's no less miserable (laughs) yeah just (laughs) less miserable miserable. yeah (laughs) we're gonna smoke we're gonna drink we're gonna binge watch tv we're gonna sleep we're gonna throw ourselves into work we're gonna give ourselves some kind of fake goal to work towards and say when we're doing this that's why we're good we're gonna Mm -hmm. look at oh okay we're gonna define ourselves by our job title by our worth in other people's eyes by the size of our ass like all these things that we're doing you know if someone actually went out and goes everything literally a whole culture people are selling us shit simply Mm -hmm. because underneath everything we are miserable we are believing every lie we are following every rule we are asking other people to take care of us Mm -hmm. simply and we are using the external to validate the internal because we want the external to tell us that the internal feeling that we're miserable is wrong yes
0: or that it can be fixed, that it's completely fixable, and because we feel we're powerless, they're just going to give it to us. The answer will come. The solution will come.
1: But also, there's a part of us that doesn't really think it can be fixed. I think it's a misguided hope. Mm, okay. And I think actually, if you define hope as our heart's desire, it is as we hope.
0: do, right? Yeah.
1: Episode nine, as, season one. Yeah. But it's it is a heart's desire for us to not be miserable. Mm -hmm. right so we do hope that we're not miserable it's just our minds tell us this is how we will actualize that hope
0: Mm. okay fair does
1: that make sense
0: yeah absolutely i mean there's a lot of conditioning that goes into it right
1: yeah instead of just hearing the actual undercut simple truth underneath all of that which is i'm not meant to be miserable but we don't think we're good enough to believe that desire Mm. so instead we spend our lives trying to Wanting to believe that desire, but not mm-hmm. quite believing it's possible. And I think that's why we're talking about walking away from misery almost, because it's it's really and the pursuit of happiness happening at the same time. It's walking towards the belief that we can be happy and leaving the fear behind that we're destined to be miserable.
0: Yeah. And one of the things that came up in the previous episode, which I'm understanding a bit, differently now and thinking about this theme in terms of misery is that when we give ourselves permission, it was sort of at the end of the episode, but when we give ourselves permission to be happy, to pursue happiness and not regard it as a selfish act, what starts to happen then is that we become aware of so many of everyone else's shit. Like, so as we've burned through and worked through what you call our shit and I call our karmic shit right Hmm. our karmic issues it might be then and as we saw we saw since about i mean it was really up in our faces in 2020 and 2021 which was everybody's shit became everyone else's shit
1: you have to deal with the fact that i'm upset
0: yes my anger and my fear becomes your problem
1: i mean it's even as simple as let's look at a breakup right one person (laughs) breaks up with the other person the fact that the person being broken up with is upset about it becomes the problem of the person who's doing the breaking up. Mm-hmm. But if you actually think about it, just mm. for a moment, who benefits when two people are in a relationship and one of them doesn't want to be in it? The person, you're effectively dating someone who doesn't want to date you, which is shit for you. Yeah. Uh, or you're dating someone who you don't want to date, which is shit for you. So actually, whilst someone staying in that relationship may seem... Like as if they're thinking of the other person or working through it or whatever else it is. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Actually, the selfish act is the kind act too. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we cannot, like, and I definitely, definitely have experienced this so many times. But we cannot (laughs) (laughs) manage other people's fears and shit as much as we want to protect them as much as we want to remove it as much as we think we have control over other people it really doesn't matter what you do or what you say the other person is going to think what they're going to think regardless every time and every time they think that it's going to be because of their past their histories their experiences their memories it's going to have nothing to do with how you're acting in the present um, yes, over time when two people grow and you start listening to yourself and you shed your karma and all the stuff, then yes, maybe you can be more present and they can be more present and you can move on from it. Yes. But really, your shit belongs to you and only you. Only
0: you. No one you. can deal
1: with it. And yes. the same goes for the other way around. Yes. I, no one could love me out of the fact that I didn't feel lovable Mm-mm. just as much as I can't fix someone enough so they don't feel broken. It's just not the way it is.
0: No, it's not. And we want to be able to. And that is the empathy that we're capable of, right? But the problem is, is that our empathy, our ability to empathize with another has been completely manipulated. And so what we're experiencing isn't sort of the ability to utilize our empathy and extend it to others in in a way that is beneficial, right? Or constructive. It's really, you need to feel guilty and ashamed for my suffering, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you're somehow... But it goes back to responsibility. Yes. Because somehow we have all bought into this lie that we're all responsible for other people's emotions. We're all responsible for Or circumstances.
0: Or circumstances.
1: We're not. We're only responsible for our own. And the thing is, is that that very belief fucks us all. Because if I believe that someone else is responsible for my happiness, I'm Mm -hmm. going to Blame them when I don't get it. I'm going to constantly them. resent the fuck out of them. I'm going to constantly be the victim. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I'm going to be constantly powerless. Yes. And constantly and actually, miserable. I'm, I'm, yeah, and constantly miserable. And also, I'm going to be like, I'm not going to be able to change anything. No. If I believe someone else is going to be the one to make me happy, I'm not going to change shit. I'm going to be yeah. just living in my own. Exactly. But at the same time, like, We're not responsible for anyone else, but we must respect them. And I think part of this thing about, you know, this energy for oneness maybe that's coming up. I don't know, you're the spiritual one, not me, but this energy for oneness. And we're starting to see, like, definitely as I've grown up and I'm starting to see myself and other people, Mm -hmm. I start seeing that we are all. Because even though the way out is always personal, the way in Mm -hmm. is always personal, the way through is always personal, all the different things are personal. Mm -hmm. The steps are all the same, right? Right. you know, understanding compassion, understanding responsibility. Like I know what your journey looks like because it looks like mine. It's just being expressed very differently because you're you and I'm me. Oh, well said. But that doesn't mean. So when I'm seeing someone else miserable, I feel it. I feel it It reminds me of how I was miserable. But the thing is, is that you do need to have a degree of detachment being like, well, They're responsible for their shit and I'm responsible for mine. So whilst I can stand next to them, whilst I can make space for them, whilst I can hold their hand, their shit can't impact me because it's not mine. Right. It's not my problem. Fuck this is actually not just a fearless move. It's also an empowering one where you choose yourself. Exactly. And
0: sometimes it does take hitting bottom, but we have to allow ourselves That moment of honesty and truth when we hit that bottom to say, I'm at bottom and I need help. Because what's happening is that people don't want to allow themselves to hit a bottom or they're there, but they're not asking for help. Rather, they're blaming you for not picking them up or you should have known. And that is such an act of immaturity, right? That's what a child might do because they are, as you said, they're not responsible necessarily. They're still growing, they're still learning. But we have not grown into that level of, or we haven't developed that level of emotional maturity or spiritual maturity to get to that point of saying, in order for me to be responsible for my own healing, maybe I need a bit of guidance. Maybe I need some help. Because that's where we're getting stuck. Effectively, that's, what it's, that's what's at the core of this sort of global social issue that we're facing is people are not asking for help.
1: And it's totally fine to ask for help. Of mm-hmm. course it is. I'm not saying that your shit is yours and it belongs to you. Therefore, you're the only one who can clean it up. No, of mm-hmm. course you can have help. I wouldn't have done anything that I did if it wasn't for the people around me. At all. Yeah. At all. And I know that, you know. And and I hold that. And actually, that's for someone whose core fear was unlovable, being able to look back and be like, wow, like people love me enough to help me was really healing. Yes. But they weren't loving me into believing I loved myself. Mm -hmm. They were loving me to hold my hand whilst Mm -hmm. I found out for myself that I loved myself. And
0: they weren't shoving all this help down your throat either, right? No. And that's the big difference because what we're seeing as well is sort of these like, these social movements saying, well, these people need to be fixed and this is how you're going to do it. I'm going to give the solution to fix this particular minority or this group Mm. or this issue. Mm. Which is why we still haven't been able to solve any problems.
1: Well, we're not solving problems because people aren't actually going in and being like, all right, well, I'm finally in harmony with myself, so therefore I can be in harmony with others. Uh -uh. And so immediately we're fucked. Yeah. You know, like (laughs) there's just no way out of it. But then that's why I think it's really important for me just to add, like, I will never turn turn down anyone who asks me for help ever. Mm -hmm. I will always give as much energy and time as I can. to do it just as you did for me, just as others did for me. Mm -hmm. I believe that that's how we grow. As we said, 5D is relational. Being in oneness is about service. It's about teaching everyone and helping everyone get to a place where they shine their light. But it's their light. It's not... Your light. (laughs) It's not a a refraction of mine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's very, very different. Very. So whilst people joke that I'm a professional enabler... And yeah, if you want to do something crazy, call me and I'll be like, yeah, yeah, go for it. And so you'll, you know what I mean? But like at the end of the day, all I'm doing is holding up a mirror so you can see yourself Mm -hmm. and holding your hand if that reflection hurts a bit. That's Mm. it. Yeah. So help is incredible. Help is key, but I'm not making your problem my responsibility. Yes. I still allow it to be yours. Mm -hmm. I just help you maybe feel a little bit stronger to deal with it. And those are two very fucking different things.
0: Very different. And it's because in 3D, we couldn't ask for help.
1: Because if we did, we probably wouldn't survive. And also because if we did, well, I remember when I did it, was a shit show. But like, because everyone else was telling me this is what you should do, Mm, right? mm -hmm. They were actually asking for help and further taking away from your autonomy rather than holding on to it. And to remain detached is a very difficult thing when you feel personally affected by someone else's shit. Yes. It it really is. And I'm sure we're going to be dealing with this more and more and more, especially as more and more shit comes out.
0: Oh, completely. Right? Especially as more of us... Have healed and are entering oneness. We're going to be even acutely aware, like more so, of yeah. all those other other energies, right? Because they're going to want the invitation into the light too. They're going to be like, "I need to join you. How do I do that?"
1: Yeah, and that's great, and I'm really happy about that. But at the <laughs> You're same like, I'm time, I'm going to throw them
0: a party and tell I'm gonna them, them, gonna them the and I'm going to throw them a party, and I'm going to just,
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm not going to think that their shit is mine. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, I, I mean, look, I find it sometimes, you know When I will be giving advice, 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 advice And then my friend will go out and do what she thought she should do Rather than she want, what she wanted to do I'm going to be frustrated You know what I mean? <gasps> or when I hear time and time again how X and Y, you know Don't really like me And then actually X and Y clearly do I'm going to be frustrated, of course But at the same time, I, I remind myself I was the girl who thought that no one liked me When... All evidence pointed to the contrary because (laughs) I had created that belief and I was determined without knowing it. I needed to hold on to my misery because otherwise I didn't know who I was. You know, we talked about the ego having these like Mm -hmm. kind of expectations of me. I didn't know who I was if I wasn't that girl. So I ignored all the very obvious evidence to the contrary. So I need to know sometimes that fear can be quite debilitating. Yeah.
0: And that was, of course, why we had to talk about identity shedding is the, any ounce of victimhood that we hold remains a part of our identity until we can completely shed it.
1: To truly help someone come into the light is to empower them to do it, Yes. to remind them they are not a victim, to show them that they do have responsibility mm-hmm. to themselves and that they can exercise it and that they are the most powerful person in their world. Because as I said many times, it's not like my world dramatically changed overnight and everything looked different. But my experience of it was so different that then as a result, my world did dramatically change and everything mm-hmm. looked different. But
0: your world, and this is so true, by the way, raya your world became different because you managed to maintain your integrity. And integrity means being able to hold on to yourself and maintain your own energy. And that's key because we we feel like, you know, the, you know, the empath in us wants to kind of give away our energy or feel what other people are feeling or completely be there. But then that just kind of turns you into a doormat.
1: And also you end up picking up on like, I don't know, sometimes I'll spend time, like a lot of time with someone and I'm trying to help them and they're not listening. And then I end up feeling icky because I end up feeling them. And I don't mean that in a way way, but I I, I almost like become them to try and heal them. But then because no one's healing anything, I end up just staying as them. Right. So it doesn't work.
0: No, it never does. I mean, I can speak from years and years of experience. Boundaries
1: are essential. I just always believe the best in people. And I think that's, well, I actually think that's an amazing thing. It is. Believing in the best in people. A lot of people cuss me to the ground about it, but I'm like, you know what? Like I do, because if I didn't believe the best in me, I wouldn't be where I was, Mm. where I am. Believing yes. the best in people is actually seeing their light. Mm-hmm. And I think that that makes me really special.
0: Very special. And that is you being in your own energy. And energy is just that internal barometer that allows us to maintain both harmony and hope.
1: Okay, you've lost me. Can you explain that again? Similar. Okay. <laughs> I had to
0: say it that way first and now I'll yeah. simplify. So as we defined hope back in season one, episode nine... Seminal episode hope is the expression of our heart's desires right yeah and harmony is the energy that underpins 5D oneness okay and that's what allows us to be in flow because when we're in flow with ourselves we are in harmony we are experiencing the harmonics of 5D which okay. is you know the vibration of 5D in spiritual speak and so we are able to maintain that level of oneness, right? I'm speaking with my hands here for anyone who's just listening, <laughs> but it allows us to be up here, if you will. So when we are up here in that particular 5D vibration and we've experienced that and we have that energy, we're living in that energy. And I will, sim- I'll try to simplify this after. We're talking about a particular feeling, not in an emotion. And a feeling is a physical awareness of our being and the sensations that we are experiencing. So as you've said once before or previously, experiencing becomes normal. So the more in now... So
1: the more you experience
0: the, more the same you... thing,
1: the more mm-hmm. normal it becomes.
0: Exactly. And that's what 5D is. That's what now time is. That's what integrity is. That is when we are ourselves so much, like without compromise, without sacrificing integrity, without giving up who we are at, for a single second, is how we know who we are in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, I I mean, it makes sense it okay? to me.
1: Yeah, it makes sense to me because I'm imagining it for myself, right? Like
0: mm-hmm.
1: in my karma, when I didn't believe I was good enough, I never did what I really wanted to do, I did what I thought I should do. But working through my karma was effectively not doing that anymore and (laughs) doing what I wanted to do rather than what I thought I should do, Mm -hmm. which allowed me to get through my karma because I started to see that I could live life on my own terms as me. So that became normal. Mm -hmm. And so me being in my energy, me being in integrity, is me always expressing who I am at every stage. Yes. And
0: so it allows you to be consistent, right?
1: Oh my God, I'm like boringly consistent. I mean, maybe my actions will always be different, but my actual, the inside is always the same, which is, what do I feel? Okay, let's just do that.
0: Exactly. I listen
1: to myself first.
0: Exactly. And so then you are less able to compromise.
1: Oh yeah, no, that's annoying, but true. Because
0: it literally takes you outside of yourself. And this is really an energetic thing that I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about this sort of conceptual mindset-y kind of thing or spiritual thing. I'm actually talking about this is what higher consciousness looks like. This is how I maintain my integrity in my life, despite all the bullshit and noise that comes through socials or the news or what's going on and everybody flinging out all of their shit. I maintain my complete integrity because I feel, I experience a physical awareness when I'm not being myself. It just feels icky. Yes. It's like an out-of-body experience. So you just get this flash like, oh my gosh, that felt gross. Or that didn't feel like me at all.
1: And the thing is, is that as we talk about experience becomes normal, when we were in 3D separation, that experience, that gross flash, was actually our whole lives. That was our misery, right? (laughs) That feeling of always being separate.
0: Ew, oh my God. I'm just like cringing at the
1: memory. Well, no, but it's true. true, right? You it's were always true. miserable. The misery was the separation. True. So true. the harmony is the oneness now, within ourselves.
0: Exactly. And so here's the thing that we're having to learn to cultivate when we're in sort of this 5D oneness and we're working through, you know, we're raising consciousness and vibration and stuff. Is that we are we've always been quite separate from our bodies. Mm. our physical bodies I mean yeah I mean, me we're separate yeah. we're, we're in separation you and everybody else Raya to be yeah. fair right you are acutely I mean your experience of it has been very acute but it's not to say that I mean everyone has our physical bodies effectively have been almost more so because they were always sort of the tools in which we've had to navigate this human earth experience and, and we so- thought
1: we could manipulate them manipulate make them like, make them do what we wanted them to do exactly. so we could be good enough
0: and so we've abused them terribly more than mm. all of our other bodies they have borne the brunt because they're the our physical presence on this earth plane right mm. and so when i talk about this physical awareness of a feeling which is effectively another way in which we experience our consciousness that's really what is so difficult for a lot of people is to get there because the bodies have become so desensitized. And this is why you see so many people as they move into consciousness or higher consciousness, they change their diets. Maybe they're exercising a fuck ton more, right? Because they're trying to bring their bodies into a certain amount of this is the one time I can use this word alignment because it needs to have that sort of optimization that it has never had before. Or it's never been allowed to have before. And by doing that is what enables that physical awareness. Okay. But it's not to say we have to do all of that in order to get but there. I'm it's not, often I mean, a byproduct.
1: I, I mean, obviously, you forced me to exercise. But um, I have that physical awareness <laughs> more of an your inside head. thing. Yes. You know, like my yes. physical awareness is more of like an inside mm-hmm. physical awareness. Yes. Like I feel like a tightness in my chest. I feel mm-hmm. like... My heart is angry. Yeah. I don't know how to explain it anyway. I just feel out of my own body and I feel like – I know for me also because the second that happens, my mind starts spiraling. It just kicks in and it starts going and going and going. And the, when I start overthinking, I know something's out of whack.
0: I mean, when I talk about this physical awareness, it will feel very internal for some, right? All I'm saying is so often, you know, depending on the person and their experiences and their karmic stories and their childhood and their lives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera – They might be so divorced from their physical body that getting back that connection not only takes time, but it takes a lot of work.
1: Mm. Well, it's interesting because I can feel my physical body, but I can't ever see it.
0: Mm.
1: I don't know what I look like. But nobody
0: can. Nobody does. Mm. Body dysmorphia is much more common than people realize because we never see ourselves objectively.
1: Mm. Yeah. Right? Well, no one can. No one can see ourselves or each other.
0: Mm-mm. Objective
1: objective seeing is not a thing. No. <laughs> right.
0: So, so then what do we do? So you hold on to your space. We do what you did effectively, right? You hold on to your space, your physical space, your emotional space, your mental space, your spiritual space, all of that in order to maintain the integrity of your bodies. That allows your energy to remain within the single vessel of who you are, Rhea, or who anyone is listening, that is your energy and yours alone. When you do that, that is really all you are. You are just that energy. You are not anything else. So as you come into 5D, as you're living in that oneness and beginning to experience it, experiencing is normal. I don't know. How do you say it? I love that phrase. <laughs> I want to keep using it. Oh, I it. just say I just say
1: the more you experience, the more it becomes normal.
0: Yeah. The more you experience, the more it becomes normal, right? And we're not used to that. We have such group think that comes out of 3D because everything that matters has everything to do with the collective. And we do. We talk about how our purpose is to serve the collective. But as you've said, you can't serve unless you serve yourself. And so we really do need to get back to, can I be okay alone? I don't mean alone forever. I don't mean outside of partnership. Do I know who I am alone? Without someone telling me,
1: is it basically without someone telling me who I am.
0: Without allowing any of my relationships to define it. Again, that's why we bang on about identity shedding, right? I mean, as we come into this world alone, we leave this world alone. And we are always going to face those moments, even if we have families and partnerships and whatever, and however they look, doesn't matter. Do we still know who we are
1: apart from all of that? Mm -hmm. because I know who I am. I am sharing my light with you. I'm not asking you for yours or giving you mine.
0: Yeah. And it almost doesn't even matter what that particular label is. It's just we're in each other's lives. There is a relationship here, but we don't have to define it.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Because the definition or labels creates expectations. Also, definitions and labels just
1: keep everything in 3D, right?
0: Exactly, because it's all separation. Yeah. So I had this moment at the end of my summer holiday. I had to bike to a shop to pick up something before we left. But I'm biking and biking back, and I I just remember, like, having this moment where I, cr- I was crying. Yeah. I was. It wasn't even the sadness over, oh, my summer holiday is over. But it was this weird awareness, this acute awareness that my life was going to be different after. And I actually still want to cry when I think about that moment and that feeling. Is it different? It's coming. And I knew it would come. And I just was so aware of it. And I was so aware of like where my life was shifting from where I was. And I felt almost groundless in that moment. I just remember having this moment where I was like, as I came in alone, I'm still alone. But I haven't experienced that in quite some time because I've been so busy, right? And I just had this like very weepy moment on my bike where I was just like tears streaming as I'm like biking from Forte. day <laughs> it was Like crazy woman with tears, like, <laughs> you know? But it was just, it was such a it, such an important reminder that despite all the people who have filled my life, doesn't even matter. Over the years, and despite all the experiences I've had, I'm still me, and I needed to confront that again in order to remind myself of who I was. Because for some reason, in that moment or whatever I was going through, I had forgotten
1: it. (laughs) No, I've had feelings like that. I mean, I'm the same. Like, sometimes I think, oh my God, like, this is who I am now. And Mm -hmm. it feels, I feel groundless because I'm like, what do you do when you... Your life isn't about escaping the suffering. Yeah. Well, what do you do when you've walked away from the misery? Mm-hmm. What do you do?
0: And we're here to figure that out because nobody's going to tell us what to do. I mean, in that moment where it was like, okay, well, maybe I'm not going to be all these things to my children anymore because they don't need me in that capacity. They need me as an ATM and, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. other things. But it was just what we're here for in this particular lifetime. And the divine cannot exist when we're in a state of human misery right it just it's the antithesis it just runs counter to the consciousness game it is a separation so just as when the divine cannot exist when we are in misery the divine cannot exist when we are not in our
1: integrity because again that means we're in separation
0: so we're here to figure out a few things who we are and I'll give it, you know, and I'm just going to give you the answers too, right? <laughs> who we are, which is the divine in body or powerful individuals, why we are here, which is to raise consciousness and serve and how we do that, which is becoming our most divine selves.
1: So basically you're saying who we are, we're giving ourselves permission to pursue our happiness and walk away from our misery and see that yes. we can create our own lives, why we are here, to be happy because all our energy is mixing with everyone else so that everyone else is happy too, so everyone is happy, so we can be even happier. Yes. And how do we do that? By figuring out what happiness means to us, mm-hmm. by finding our light and then shining it.
0: It's very simple. Getting there may not be as easy as we'd like it to be, but it is very simple.
1: Yeah, it's like 100 and something episodes.
0: <laughs> Fair. No, <laughs>
1: 120.
0: Oh, gosh.